coming at you from the Hey Yo Studios. It's the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Coming at you live from the AO studio. Hey, yo. It's the Fade Rap with DMZ. I am D, and we've got a great show for you on this special Saturday morning. There's a lot of bad coaching in the NFL. We've got some NBA trades, and we've got some NFL trades. But we'll begin today's show with the World Series, and it's over. The Texas Rangers brought home their first championship in franchise history, ousting the Diamondbacks in five games. Corey Seager won his second MVP award in the least watched World Series in history. History, folks. So many things out of this series. We got Seager's second World Series MVP. We've got Boach getting getting four titles now. We got Will Smith's third World Series in three years with three different teams. First player to ever do that. So out of those things or out of everything you saw in this World Series, Z, what was your biggest takeaway from the 2023 World Series? Well, well, pitching still matters. Well, (laughs) pitching still matters. What's the pivotal game in this series? The game where Tori Lovello decides to throw out a bullpen <laughs> deck. Okay. Andrew, he- Andrew Heaney's not good. No. Okay? Like, has Andrew never Heaney's been. Not good. Has never former been. Yankee, will be. Former Yankee, by the way. Former Yankee. Former Yankee legend, Andrew Heaney. He's not good. But he's a starting pitcher in yeah. this league. Like, he's a mm-hmm. four, he's a five in your rotation. He wouldn't be starting, right? It was supposed to be he's John. An, he's an aw shit. We got to start somebody today. Right. He's a. <laughs> The ball's in your shoe because we couldn't get anybody else. And, and literally, he filled in for John Gray because John Gray filled in for Max Scherzer because Max Scherzer got hurt. But that speaks to shocker, shocker. Max Scherzer got hurt. Oh, yeah. My back's acting up, coach. My back, my back. My, my back, my leg. I thought you said it was your back. It's my leg. My leg, my leg. It's, it's kind of all over the place. It's going from one place to the other. It's, it's radiating. It's radiating. But... It's still starting pitching still matters in this league. And the Texas Rangers had a more formidable starting rotation. You had Evaldi, you had Jordan Montgomery. Scherzer was was the opener, right? If you want to talk about opening strategy, you have an opener in Joe Mantiply, who's he's a reliever. That's what he does. And he's a very good reliever, he's a capable reliever. So you're asking him to do something he's not really accustomed to doing. But the Rangers rolled out Heaney, who's a starter, John Gray, who's a starter. These things matter. These things absolutely matter. And Merrill Kelly delivered. Like he did a good job in his in his game. The offense showed up for him that day. And then it goes to show you, you know, like they were they didn't have enough because Gallon was throwing a friggin' no hitter in an elimination yeah. game. And Texas was still able to roar back and win. So there's two things that I see. Starting pitching still matters. And outspending teams still works if you get the right guys. Mm, interesting. Okay. So okay. clearly, and, and 
the Rangers had mistakes in spending, and they made up for it, right? Because mm-hmm. Jacob Degrom, love you, Jake. You were a great Met. What did you do? You six starts, right? You were out by June. Tommy John surgery. And Pop you were the ace. Yeah. You were the ace. Right. He was replaced. Pop that bottle. Right. You got your ring. Congratulations. In June. Let's just remember that. In June. So, Chris Young, on the fly, has to rebuild this team. Monty. Fantastic. He's going to make a lot of money this offseason. Yeah. And if he's, sure. if I'm him, I'm calling the Yankees just so I can hang up on him. Yep. So that would be nice. Mm-hmm. Evaldi, stud when he's healthy, right? Mm. He's a stud. Yeah, he struggled a little bit. He, he struggled, struggled a little bit, but bud. I mean, he's on my fantasy team. He had a great year. He struggled a little bit, a little bit. He but to he's your point, to. but to your point, you see the Yankees gave up on him. Yeah. I think he won the World Series with Boston. I think he yes. won the World Series with Boston. Yes. And now he's down there. Yes. Uh, let's see. What else? They, they recognized there was an issue. Yeah, they brought in Max Scherzer as a depth piece. And say what you will about Max, about the way he exited New York, but right, in spurts, he delivered. In spurts, he got his ass kicked. But that was there was enough there, right? And this has been building for a couple years. Signing of the signing of John Gray, the signing of Corey Seager, who's yeah. the only player in Major League history to win World Series MVP in both leagues, other than Reggie Jackson. Actually, no, Reggie Jackson's have only got to win it with two teams. Yeah. So, but I see, thought that, yeah. did Koufax do it? Oh no, Koufax, no, Koufax, won, Koufax, it Koufax won it twice with the Dodgers. Won Gibson it. won it twice with the Cardinals. Yes. Jackson won it with the uh, A's and A's the Yankees, and, and this the is the A's. first. Seager's the in first guy to win it in two different leagues. So stud, that's stud. it. That's fantastic. Stud. stud. Great. Is he the best player in the league? I mean, we'll find out later because we're going to talk about that. But the offense showed up. It did what it was supposed to do. The pitching showed up enough for the Rangers. Yeah. And it really exposed. That game one really exposed the fact that the, the Dimebacks, they were game. They they were there. They were in almost every game. But they just they didn't have enough at the end. And that's right. okay. That's okay. This is a good building block year. For them. You have a lot of kids. Yeah. You have a lot of kids. You invest in your starting pitching. And they tried that, right? They tried that with the Madison Bumgarner signing. And that oh, blew up in their about, face. I forgot about that, too. You're yeah. right. They tried to do that, and it blew up in their face. You did your research this morning. Wow. You did this really is, good. This is what we do on this show. This we provide we depth of knowledge. I, so, uh, yeah. I mean. You know, congratulations to the range. Congratulations to Boach. But, you know. It, it really shows that Chris Young is the real MVP. Yeah, I mean, to talk to some of your points, um, it's interesting you bring up that spending still works. I, I want to see more of it. I'm not a firm believer in that, but I, I agree with you that they spent, you know, they definitely went out and spent money. And But this is something they've been building over the last two or three years. This wasn't something that happened overnight. Right. They went and got, I mean, they went and got arguably one of the best players in baseball in Corey Seager, a, a champion, an MVP, and just shows you how badly the Yankees missed on him because he should have been in New York, but they didn't want to give up on Volpe. Marcus Simeon, good player, 
good player, probably overpaid for him. But man, you look back, you're like, man, he he was a key part. Dude, um, you, you have to admit this though. Uh, they penciled him in 180 times in leadoff spot this year. You have to admire that level of consistency I, I, every game. I am on board. And then the thing with the Rangers was, is like when they were close, they went for it, right? Let's go get Montgomery. Go get Scherzer. Let's go. Like we're, 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 we're competing this year, even though they fell apart a little bit in the second half and they lost the last game of the season. Um, they had a really tough series. I'm going to say tough series with the Astros, but man, they won what? 11 games on the road. Undefeated. Something like that. 11 undefeated. Uh, undefeated on the road in the playoffs. How, you know how hard that is in baseball. So you can't, I can't take anything away from the Rangers, man. They played their cards, they played it right, and it worked. So I want to see if I don't, I'm not totally sold on the spending thing, but I'll, I agree it worked in this situation, and let's see what happens next year. Uh, my only argument is like, I think everybody spends now. Like the Yankees are always spenders. The Mets are spenders. You know, there are other teams that are spending a lot of money and they're, they're shit. So well, if I may spend not all teams spend, not all the contenders spend. The, you know, the angels, the angels, <laughs> the angels spend like drunken sailors. They're not <laughs> contenders. Now you look at the they, and they get good players, right? They, they well, they get good. They, Here's the thing with spending, right? You're paying for past performance on the promise of the future. That's how free agency works. And you're getting Anthony Rendon. You're getting, you know, you're bringing in Josh Hamilton. Champion. You're Champion. bringing in, yeah. Home run champion. Not <laughs> Nanaheim. So <laughs> they, you brought in I'll be saying holes. when they brought him in. You brought in Pujols, legend, Hall of Famer, not Nanaheim. <laughs> you brought in Josh Hamilton. Elite slugger, not Anaheim. <laughs> Maybe it just doesn't work for them. Maybe. Um, but what I would say is that, you know, the, the Rangers earned it. Not taking anything away from them. They deserve to be there. They got it, right? My argument comes on the other side of the baseball. My biggest takeaway from this was I felt like I got cheated. Because, listen, I'm a baseball fan. I don't watch 162 games, but it's a 162 game season. I would have want I would have wanted to see the Rangers play a more deserving opponent. I would have rather see them play the Dodgers. I would have rather see them play the Phillies. As much as I hate the Phillies, I hate the Phillies, and I wouldn't want to see the Phillies win the World Series. I would have liked to see them play the Phillies. I would have loved to see them play the Braves. I'm a Braves fan. Makes sense. That's my only issue with this. And and listen, the Diamondbacks earned it. They deserve to be there. They they beat who was in front of them. There wasn't like some Jeffrey Mayer situation. There wasn't, you know, there wasn't anything like that. Like they they and, and they they gave it their all in that last game. I mean, Zach Gallen gave it hit probably his best pitching performance as a pro. He gave it his all. But at the end of the day, you were up against a Titan. Okay, and you were you were David, like you were up against Goliath, and you were David, and it was evident in the last two games. I mean, the Rangers scored ten runs in Game Four, man. Like in the World Series. I mean, yeah, that's happened before, but come on, man. Like, so that's my only issue with it. And you know, we the other issue is is Major League Baseball viewership was down 
for the seventh year in a row. It was down since 2016. Viewership for the World Series has been down, and for this series in particular, it was the lowest. And granted, like it wasn't much higher when you had the Braves last, you know, last year or two years ago. You know, it's not like it's just it's just a slowly decline. It hasn't. It didn't just totally tank off the edge of the cliff this year. But that's something that Rob Manfred needs to fix. And I don't think a situation where you're letting every team in or you're giving every team a chance to be in the playoffs and be in the World Series after 162 games is the answer. I can honestly say that I'm a I'm we're we're a sports podcast. We our job is to kind of watch, research, and dictate back. I didn't watch all the games. Didn't watch all the games. Watched three of them. You know? And it was different in years past where I did watch them all. I, I almost told myself that this, I know who's going to win this. Like, I'm not, I, I, it's not, it's not hidden. It's not a secret. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's my biggest takeaway. Um, I was also, I'm super, I'm super impressed with the Will Smith stat. That's pretty crazy. I don't know if anybody's going to do that again. He's a terrible player and I can't believe he's, he's been able to do that. Um, I mean, Seager, Seager has got a chance to keep this going. I mean, he, he, it just got to the point where in game, after game three, you couldn't pitch to him. And I was surprised that they kept pitching to him because he just figured it out. He was on fire and he deserved the MVP award. And Boach, Boach coming in after one year, one year, one year. Oh, I, we can win. I know, how to, I know how to get this team to win. That's incredible, incredible coaching. Um, you know, it's interesting. They said on the Rich Rich Eisen podcast that you know viewership was at an all time low, but if you didn't watch this World Series, you missed out. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I. I think if you missed out on this World Series, come back next year and we might have a better product. The Arizona Diamondbacks were game. They got blown out in that one game. They were able to come back. They didn't make it all the way, but they were able to come back. There was a lot of fight in that kid, in that in those kids. Hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. They're fighters. Nobody laid down. I, 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 I'm totally. I, I will say that he, he coached his balls off. He, he tried to. He did the best for his team. He didn't lay down, um, but I think there's a there's a different right. Z, I think you agree with it's me. It's a different this weight day. class. There's a difference between watching the 2000 the 2000 Mets lose four games to one, and there's a difference in watching the Diamondbacks lose four games to one. Would you agree to that? I would agree to that. This is a the, the 2000 Mets were a different animal. You that was a heavyweight. Heavyweight bat. Yeah, you had Robin Ventura, you had John Olerud, you had Al Leiter, you had veterans on that team. It was a cross, veterans. cross, cross city rivals. Mm-hmm. Like there was a lot going on there. Yeah, but there is no. I don't. I don't subscribe to the rivalry. Just like I don't subscribe to the rivalry of the Giants and Jets. Well, I just but, want to say that there was bragging rights on the line for the yeah, city of New York. That's fair. And, you know, I don't think outside of New York, people gave a shit and probably didn't and watch probably as much problem. as in New York. But yeah. you know. This was that was a heavyweight bout, and up even though the Yankees were up three games to one, man, everybody was all in on a on a Met comeback, and up until the last batter, everyone thought it was possible. It is possible. It was possible. Now the Mets for two thousand were also woefully undermanned in the outfield too, right? You had Timo Perez, Jay Payton, and Benny Agbayani as your starting outfield. So 
you know, that's, it's woefully, woefully <laughs> under, under under the salary of uh, of yeah. Bernie Williams, it's Paul O'Neill, <laughs> under what, the talent Justice. level as well. Under the talent level as well, but um, slightly. Yeah, they're heavy. The you know the Texas Rangers proved themselves to be a heavyweight. Now, I want to get your opinion on this because you're a Braves fan, well documented. Vinny, uh, Vinny Balls in Vegas, they've made the Braves the number of the favorite to win the World Series next year. Not the Rangers, not the reigning champions, yeah. not the guys who just had their parade. What are your thoughts on that? What does it say about the Rangers that they're not the favorites to repeat? Yeah, um, no, I, I, I think it's, I think it's accurate because, like I said, the the Rangers had a, a really rocky second half, and. Um, you know, you, you Degrom's Degrom's going to come back. You assume, but Scherzer's Scherzer's likely gone. You know, he can't pitch anymore. Monty's leaving. They've got some things they need to work out. The Braves are like it's, I've talked about on the show before. For the next five years, the Braves are a well-oiled machine. Okay, all our all our young guys are locked up. We have arguably the the best or the second best player in baseball. Um, so we got pitchers coming back from injury. There's there's no reason why that they're not the favorite. The only the only wild card in all this, and it's okay for the Braves to be the favorite right now, but the wild card is Otani. If Otani goes to the Dodgers, the Dodgers become the favorite. Um, but these are two teams that I feel like are studded for the next four or five years, and I don't I don't have a problem because they were the favorite this year. Z, you know what? And granted, I'm I'm not making excuses for them, but. It, they they got a tough card dealt to them, five games, five days off, five game series, in division opponent, go. Uh, it was just a bad matchup. It was just it wasn't. It, we lost, but I you know I don't know if that happens the next time around. I would argue that the, if Otani goes to the Dodgers, they're the favorites in two years because then Otani will be able to pitch. And that's, okay. what the Do- that's, that's what the fair. Dodgers need. That's fair. I just sure. think we're in a different we're in a different time now. Where banging the baseball can get you pretty far, and I just don't. If Otani's in that lineup, I don't know how they average less than six to seven runs a game. That's the thing. You'll you're gonna have three of the top five hitters in your lineup. So that's my that's my only thing with that. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. Well, speaking of living in a different timeline and living in a different world, what a time to be alive. James Harden got traded again. So, look who won the pony. He finally got what he wanted for the third time now. The system, yeah, the system, was traded to the Clippers for a lot. But he didn't go alone. P.J. Tucker went with him. Ketrasev went with him. And he got flipped to the Sacramento Kings. And a whole lot of mediocrity went backwards to Philly. But addition by subtraction, maybe. We'll see. The Clippers went from a 20 plus 2300 to win the championship from Vinny Ball. And now he's they're at a plus 1200 
So clearly they they feel, Vegas feels that the Clippers improved enough to be a contender. But who won the trade? Is my question. I just don't I I don't see I don't understand the trade. Like why did the Clippers feel they needed to go get James Harden? Like I just don't like I I, I see how their odds have increased, but they're still not the favorite. Um, Boston's still the favorite, which I don't understand either. Clippers um, aren't even the favorite in the West. <laughs> I just don't like you have Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Russell Russell Westbrook. Why would you go get James Harden? The only thing I could think of. This is the only thing I can think of. Is that you know it's it's our team is presently constituted as Russell Westbrook. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. But in the chance that Paul George needs a night off, Kawhi Leonard needs a night off, or Russell Westbrook needs a right night off, here at James, go get it. Go nuts. Do you. Right? Because this is what he's saying. He's saying that in Philadelphia, Doc and the organization want him to be a system player because they wanted to run an offense. Right? They wanted to run an offense. The offense ends... Starts and ends with Joel Embiid. We need to get Joel Embiid to get going. But James, go get yours. Go get yours. But the focal point of this offense is Joel Embiid. And that wasn't good enough for James. Where James says in the interview that he had uh, being introduced as a Clipper that I'm not a system player. I am the system. And if you're Ty Lue or you're Kawhi Leonard, you're like, fuck. Like, what do you mean? Like, dude... You had chances in games five, game six, and game seven to be James Harden, the one that was in Houston, and you didn't come through. You didn't score. You didn't win games. So now you're trying to say that you're going to come here and you want to go for a scoring title when we've got these guys? This is the the other problem with James Harden. James Harden... Sorry, bro. You are a regular season player. I've never seen you do anything in the playoffs to shit to tell me that you're anything but a regular season player. You're going on a team where Kawhi Leonard is the champion. He did what you were supposed to do. He went to Toronto and won a championship. That might never, ever happen in Toronto ever again. Like, Kawhi Leonard eats for free in Toronto. Okay? This is his team, not your team. And I can totally see him want asking for a trade in two months. No? Kawhi or James Harden? <laughs> James I'm, Harden. Okay, I wasn't, I was, I wasn't sure about where... I mean, everybody's no, asking right. for a trade. No, you're right. No, it's a fair, fair question. Fuck this. But to say who won the trade... San Antonio. Send me back to San Antonio. I'll play with Wemby. Oh, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, Ooh. for sure. But who won the trade? James Harden won the trade because he got his way. I don't know how. But all I know is, is that when James is done... Being a professional basketball player, he needs to open up a consulting firm for basketball players because he clearly knows how to get what he wants. Well, these milk-toast, limp-dick GMs and front office officials kowtow to him. That's how he. Gets I don't really see Daryl Morey as that guy. You see him as that guy. I don't see him as that guy. Look, the proof is in the pudding. Look at what look at what's happened. Yeah. Just, just look. There are a bunch of limp dick cucks. <laughs> That's what it is. Like he 
just bitched and bitched and whined and whined and moaned and moaned, withheld his services until he got what he wanted. It's a generational thing. Like, Keyshawn said, get me the damn ball, and John Gruden deactivated him. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> You're done. Now, oh, yeah, it, I see it in the classroom, man. It's, it's what happens when you abdicate all authority. We used to be scared shitless of going to the principal's office. Yeah, Our generation used to be scared shitless. For sure. These kids get a lollipop, extra recess, and get sent back to class with a smirk on their face saying, what are you going to do now, motherfucker? <laughs> Fuck you what? Fuck you. I'm going to sit here and do nothing. I'm going to have my blow pop, and I'm going to blow the bubble right in the middle of your fucking lesson. How are you going to do it? James Harden's that a very definition of that guy. He's the system. Well, the system is broken. Let's be real here. I think the Sixers won the trade because his ass ain't on the team anymore. Plain and simple. I'm more broken up if I'm a Sixers fan than they gave up P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker's a, a stalwart defensive player. He's a grit guy. He's a glue guy. You brought back Marcus Morris. Okay. You got something there. He's a piece. He's a cog to go with Maxi. He's a cog to go with Embiid. Covington. Been there. Done that. You know what he is. Nicholas Batum. I like Nicholas Batum. I think he's a very solid player. The key here is the unprotected first-round pick. That's clutch. That's clutch. So that is a major get for the Clippers. And that's a major get for the Sixers, I should say. And that's a major blow from the Clippers because there's a... a there's a lot of uncertainty, right? There's a lot of, there's, it's a powder keg that's ready to explode in LA. So basically the str- the strategy is if you once starred in LA high school basketball, you can now play on the Clippers because we have an arena that we're building and Steve Ballmer wants to get that place packed. So instead of getting yeah. a good product, we're just going to put in a bunch of all-stars out there. It's reminiscent of when the Marlins opened up their new ballpark and they went and got Burley and Jose Reyes and they brought in Ozzie Guillen. And then what happened? Nobody came. It bottomed out. And none of them are there anymore. Well, granted, they got old. But Ozzie Guillen was gone after, what, two years after that Castro comment? So, if you're looking at the roster, yeah, you have Paul George. Yeah, you have Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, you have Russell Westbrook. Yeah, you have James Harden. You kept Terrence Mann. I think that was one of the conditions of the trade that the that Terrence Mann was not going back to Philly. Okay, if that's what we're holding things up. All right. And then there's a bunch of other guys. Norman Powell is, is solid. PJ Tucker is solid. Bones Highland, he's a good backup. He's a good backup. But eh, I don't think they've made themselves appreciably better. I, may, I think they made themselves appreciably more controversial. I think they made themselves more polarizing. I don't see better. I really yeah. don't see better. Yeah. And they even brought in Josh Primo from the, the Spurs. So there's there are pieces there that are intriguing, but then you have a very top-heavy, air quote star, driven lead, driven team. <laughs> air quote star, alleged superstar. The system. Right? The system. The system. The system. He's, he yeah. he should now be called the system. That's right. his new. If he hasn't already trademarked it or he isn't tagline it, 
this show could be the first one to say, James, you are now going to be called the system. Not the beard, the system. I like that. I mean, if Embiid can be the process, right? But then again, how good's the process? What do they want? Who got it? I'm just curious what, the how system this system works. This, yeah, the process is broken. It's all I broken. just wish, I wish I was in the crowd. I wish I was one of the reporters asking questions and I could have raised my hand and said, James, I just have a question. How does the system work? Like, oh, what? <laughs> what? How does that work? We throw you the ball and we wait to go get the rebound or should we just run back on defense? How does it work? Like, what do you mean? You're the system. Like, Step outside of your safe area and make a statement without saying much with FCK Clout Lifestyle Apparel. Embrace the colorful chaos and stay emotionally regulated in their hoodies, snapbacks, graphic tees, accessories, and more. Season 3 merch is up now. Get it while you can. Go to fckclout.com and get all of your needs from men and women. That's fckclout.com. Sticking with trades, the NFL trade deadline came and went. Chase Young went to the 49ers. Montez Sweat went to the Bears. Poor Patrick. Josh Dobbs went to Minnesota. So Z, which team missed out at the trade deadline? And, and do any of these moves jump out at you? All right. So Chase Young on that defensive line with Nick Bosa, with Armstead, with Fred Warner. That's a good that's a good defensive front. And it just Yeah, holy <laughs> shit. Holy yeah. shit. Holy and shit. And I kind of just undersold that a little bit, right? I I undersold that. Niners trading more picks for more players. Another team that's like kind of going for it. They're going to the Rams. They're going to the Ram model. But fuck that pick. I guess so. Uh, They had a deal in place for a Dory Jackson, but they didn't get it in in time. So that's the other. They could have improved their secondary as well. So they got close. Now you get back a healthy Trent Williams and a healthy Debo Samuel. If you have a healthy and competent quarterback, you're on to something. The question is, what is Brock Purdy at this point? We'll talk about that at some point, too, because Purdy ain't looking so hot right now. He's looking pretty, pretty bad. So, sweat to the Bears. Again, poor bastard. Like, he's going to have to go languish in Chicago. Well, well see, the only thing I'm going to say about it is, like, they, they traded for him because they want to extend him. Yeah. They want to keep him. They're going to pay him. He's That's fine. The Giants, the Giants traded for Leonard Williams, extended him, and now he's on the Seahawks. <laughs> That's all I got to say. So, Which is a I great think, move for Leonard Williams. Yeah, I'm happy for him. I'm so happy for him and his career. You know, but I I feel like the Bears are trying to make sweat Julius Peppers. I think that's what they're going for there. I think he's I think he's that good too. Yeah, but the rest of the team around him is not good. That's the, I mean, they're they're gonna make him Julius Peppers in this in the sense that he's the one guy on the he's the one Z, guy. The, the Bears team. got to the Super Bowl with Rex Grossman. Yeah, and they still don't have a quarterback. So they can trot out Jim McMahon right now, and they'd be better off than what they got. Chicken and bread got exposed last. I week. like chicken and bread. I like him. Well, he's funny. He's. I mean, he's got an arm. He can throw the ball. The kid's got. He an can arm. throw it. Yeah, he can throw it. Yeah, he can throw it. They need you to gotta figure be able out to throw what they in Chicago. Are. Yeah, he can throw it. He needs. They need to figure out what the hell they are. Absolutely. The Vikings. I don't know if the Vikings appreciably got better because they're gonna start Jared Hall at quarterback because Nick Mullins is still an IR. You figure it's just a short-term deal. I would have preferred the James Winston trade. There were there were 
there was a scuttlebutt that the Vikings were kicking the tires on Jameis. And I think Jameis to Justin, Jameis to Jefferson, that could have been very, very interesting. So, you know, that that seems to me... Oh, Jameis Winston? Yeah, that seems like a major missed opportunity for the Vikings. And I don't think they did enough. We'll we'll discuss this in further detail. But, you know, the Eagles, Kevin Byard, (laughs) you know... I'm just going to trade like a spare part and a bunch of picks and I'm going to bring in an all pro like it's what they do the Bills got Russell Douglas to make up for Trey White Russell Douglas isn't as good as Trey White I mean Russell Douglas as soon as as recently as two years ago was on a practice squad so you know while it's good and it fills a hole I don't necessarily think that you know they did enough the Bears, yeah, I guess they're trying to build a, a young core. The Commies, you know, they, they lost a lot of defensive identity in this trade. In this, yeah. in this trade deadline, they lost their, they lost that entire draft class, that top draft, top part of their draft class. And here I thought that I really thought Chase Young was going to be there forever. I thought he was going to be the corner piece of that defense forever. But I think they just got tired of the injuries, and they realized that. They their offensive line needs to be addressed. They definitely have some skilled players offensively, but at three and five, I mean, I think they just I don't want to say they're throwing in the towel, but they realize that they need they're not a complete team. Like unlike the Jets, they are coming to the realization that they're not a complete team yet. No, definitely. I, I think that's the case. And you know, the Chiefs added McCole Hardman back from the Jets, but I think they could have used probably one more receiver, and that would make them a little better. Because they're the drops, you have to be concerned. You definitely have to be concerned because everybody knows that Travis Kelsey is the number one receiver on that team, right? And they won that they won that Super Bowl last year on smoke and mirrors. The Kadarius Tony play, the Sky Moore play, like, they won it on trickeration. They know it's coming this year because they know you can't move down the field unless you're going to 87. So yeah. I think that the Chiefs really missed out on something. Now maybe they can, you know, maybe a, a veteran gets cut and they can pick somebody up in the late season hall. Like they could have, they could have Julio Jones. He was available. Now he's in Philly, mm-hmm. right? Now mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anybody available on that caliber. You know, I don't, I don't know if there's anybody else at that level. But I think the Chiefs kind of missed out, and they, yeah. they could have used yeah. one more guy, just one more guy. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, uh, I'm kind of in your boat with the Jameis Winston thing. Um, I don't understand why Minnesota decided to go with Dobbs instead of Jameis. And how about this, Z? I, I don't want to get off on this tangent, but what the fuck were the Jets thinking? Like, what were they thinking? I don't know if you heard this, but they apparently reached out to the Raiders for Devontae Adams. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, who is your quarterback? And what do you, you just you had to play in a game with emergency center this past weekend because the two top centers on your team got hurt, and you had to play with an emergency center. And you're you you call the Raiders about Devonte Adams because I don't know because Zach Wilson's chucking it all over the yard. He just needs one more other receiver to throw it to. Nope. Here's what it is. And. And you Here's know what? what it is. Yeah, uh, go I'm, I'm going to give it to you right now. They got a call from one Mr. P. McAfee 
from in regards to his client, Mr. A. Rogers. I'll be ready in four weeks. You go get me my guy. Because he's attacking that rehab. <clears throat> but the other part of it sees it's bullshit, right? It's because you... This was reported by a Jets beat writer. So that means you tried to make this trade with the Raiders. And then you called your beat writer and told them that you tried to make this trade. <laughs> so that he could write in the paper, Oh, the Jets tried to get Devontae Adams, but uh, the, the two sides couldn't make an agreement. Bullshit! So who All is you tried... What? Oh, uh, no, Costello. Costello. Oh, Brian Costello. Okay. All this was was trying to show Aaron Rodgers how, hey, Aaron, you gave us that $30 million back in the beginning of the year, and we did. We, we called Devontae. We called the Raiders. We did try to bring him in, and we would have totally extended him, and we would have totally kept him. It just didn't work out. We just couldn't come to an agreement. That's horse shit. That's horseshit. They weren't going to give up. They weren't giving up Devontae Adams for none of the players you were offering. And that's just garbage. And the fact that you leaked this to a beat writer is childish. That is some childish garbage to appease your quarterback who could come back from this Achilles tear and then go right back out with an ACL tear. Like, I was so appalled by this reporting. I'm like, what are we talking about here? We're talking about how they didn't get a deal done. I'm sorry. The trade deadline's about getting deals done. And how about you? How about you whiffed? You whiffed because you didn't go get a quarterback. Like this was the time to go. Go get Colt McCoy. Go get Jameis Winston. How about Cam? You're telling me Cam Newton can't do better than, than Zach Wilson? You're really gonna tell me that he can't do better? You're you gonna get- tell you're gonna tell me your quarterback away, and you can't you can't bring any of those guys in. You gotta go bring in garbage off the street and then you don't even trade you don't even trade for a better offensive lineman when your offensive line is in fucking just tremendous peril right now you're gonna tote this garbage that you went and tried to get a receiver because Aaron Rodgers is coming back oh that hurt the shit out of me man but in regards to the 49ers yeah it's great that you went and got Chase Young I don't 100% understand it and I'll tell you why Chase Young is a, um, he's a pressure lineman. He's he's going after the quarterback. But you're in a division where there's no quarterbacks to chase right now. Like, what are you bringing him in here for? You're bringing him in for to go after a hurt Kyler Murray? You're bringing him in to go after a, an average Geno Smith? You're coming in to what? Go after... Sam Brad, I'm um, not Sam Bradford. Matt Stafford, who's got a bad, who's got a bad thumb. Poor Sam are you, Bradford. I mean, are you are you trying to build this for like playing the Super Bowl against Burrow, Mahomes, or Tua? Because you're not, you you need run stoppers, right? Like you're mm-hmm. you're gonna most likely be playing against the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. You need to figure out how to stop the tush push. You need to figure out how to slow that running game. I, I, and you need people out on the outside, like a Dory Jackson, to defend AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. Chasing after Jalen Hurts—that's that's not that's not the answer. It's it's not a bad move. I just I didn't necessarily understand it. And Minnesota, yeah, Josh Dobbs—that's what you wanted. To, I mean, listen, he's having a really good year actually. If you look at his numbers, he's doing fairly well. I mean, I yeah. think he's got. 13 total touchdowns doesn't even turn the ball over and he's got like 287 rushing yards he's doing really well but if 
what? And I know you're going to say, yeah, I know exactly what you're going to say. So let me, okay. Jimmy G is hurt. 100% Jimmy G is hurt. But you don't think that he could run the Minnesota offense better than Josh Dobbs? How about Atlanta? Atlanta, you're in first place. Okay? Desmond Ritter is terrible. Taylor Heineke, he's good enough to get you beat. You don't, think, you don't think Jimmy G could run that Atlanta offense where he's just got to turn around and hand the ball off? I was a little I, I, I again Jimmy G is hurt. He looked like trash on Monday night. He got Josh McDaniels fired. But I mean, ugh, I don't need him to do much. I don't need him to do much. But here's I, that's, the thing. That's I, where I, 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 I that's hear where what I am on saying. the trade deadline. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. But you do have a, a couple that Joshua Dobbs trade was made knowing that Nick Mullins is coming off IR next week. They yeah. believe more in Nick Mullins than they do in Hall or Dobbs. Okay. The, the, the Jets thing is just dumb. What? Like, what the fuck? Like, how? I don't understand how their fan base sticks around. And then, wait, Z, on top of that, There's in more? the offseason, they sign Nicole Hardman and turn around and trade him. <laughs> they... Like this guy just just misses. He misses on everything, everything. So did, what did you what did you think, right? Who knew that Nicole Hardman and Justin Verlander had something in common? They went back to their original team after they got a, a nice lucrative deal. So you know, and then the you want to call the Raiders about Devontae mm-hmm. Adams? Stop it. And that, let's, and let's, let's and let's all let's all be all on, on point on how that Dalvin Cook signing is awful. He's awful. still there, and you didn't move him. If I'm his, if I'm Dalvin Cook, I'm firing my agent. Get, get me the fuck out of here. They don't know what they're doing. Send I mean, me to the Cardinals, point, the Raiders, the the dog. Get me out of here. At this point, you just go. You have to go in and request your release. Just, right? just please cut me, man. Just, just like, please. I'm gonna go play with just my brother. Please. I'm I'm gonna go to Buffalo and I'm gonna please play with my brother. Please, please give me that favor. Please cut me. Cut me, Luke. Cut, cut me. So, so speaking wait. of getting cut. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go no, ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Go. No, no. Speaking of getting no, no, cut, no, we're, we're we're eight weeks into that <laughs> season and we got our first cut. The first cut is usually the deepest. Josh McDaniels is out in Vegas. After losing to the, the Detroit Lions on Monday night, Jimmy G is playing slightly better than Jamarcus Russell did. The offense is no good. Max Crosby is the only guy on that defense that's worth a damn. And they're just not winning. So that's one terrible coach down. Right? So we can do a, we'll do a poll for you guys. Who's the worst coach in the NFL left? But uh, give me an impromptu order up. Give me your five worst head coaches. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about this in the production meeting. We had a lot of the same guys. I tried to go a little different just for the show. But it, it's for me, it's hard for, for me. My first pick, it's Brandon Staley. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing an order up. Like, he's my number one worst coach still in the, in, has a job. Of all the talent they have on that offense and defense, they're below 500. And they're playing the Jets this weekend, and they better put up points. And they better stick it to them. Because if they don't, his ass needs to go. His ass needs to go. 
number tour number two. <laughs> We'll number two is Matt LaFleur. Yes. Like, he he couldn't win with Aaron Rodgers. He can't win without Aaron Rodgers. He can't coach Jordan Love. It's like, dude, thank you. Go coach at USC with with uh, the rest of the rejects. Uh, uh, no, he's going to come in with the Jets fire Salah. They're gonna yeah. bring. They're gonna come in. He's gonna bring his little brother in as the quarterback coach yeah. with Hackett, and he's gonna rebuild the Packers. That USC coaching staff is awful. They're awful. They're Lincoln awful. Riley, what are you doing? And what's his face from the Cardinals is over there too. Um, oh God. Um, anyways, um, my th- number three, I'm going with Matt Eberflus. Mm. Uh, listen, the Bears have weapons. Weapons on offense. It's inexcusable. That they don't they don't score more points. I understand they're they're on their backup quarterback right now, but I mean it's a shit division, dude. Like, come on. Um, and he's supposed to be a defensive coach, and they can't stop him. So uh, that was a mistake. It, we, the only saving grace for them was that they upset somebody. I forget they upset somebody like on Thursday night. Um, that's their only thing that helped them out. Um, Z, I hate to do this to you, but my number four is Brian Dable. Um, you're supposed to be an offensive coach, and he can't design ways to score. I mean, Dave, Daniel Jones is coming back this week. Right. Further, furthermore, he makes terrible coaching. Z, 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 this is the one of the worst coaching decisions in the history of coaching decisions. You've passed for negative yards all game. You go into overtime, and you win the coin flip, and you decide, give us the ball? Give us the fucking football? Like, what did you think was going to happen? You were going to return the ball to the 40, accidentally get 30 yards, and kick a fucking 50-yard field goal? Well, my argument is this. Here's my argument. You were gashing gashing the Jets on the ground, right? They were – that offensive line for the Giants is shit, and they were opening holes. Yeah, for sure. And you decide to throw the fucking ball? Like – you go in there, you have Brita, you have Barkley. I don't care which one of you is Ricky Williams. I don't care which one of you is Ronnie Brown. You are running the fucking Wildcat, and we win this game. <laughs> right. That's what you do. I mean, That's they, what you do. We have no quarterback. Right. Like, what's the point of the quarterback taking the snap if he ain't going to throw the fucking football? Just give it to Barkley right away. Just what are we What are we waiting for? What are we? Skip the step. Skip the handoff. Give him the fucking football. Running you want to get real snap. cute? Bring in Highland. Let him take the ball. Everybody gets a chance to take the ball. But the guy's not throwing the football downfield. So what are we doing? Let Jamie Gillen throw. Awful. 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 Again, another question. Why is... Not only is this guy on the team, but I'm pretty sure they just gave him, like, a bump in pay. If he can't throw the football downfield, you can't throw a quick slant. Z, I could get out there and throw a money quick slant right now. No problem. Chest high. You can't throw a quick slant in the National Football League. You can't throw a go route. Throw the ball as far as you can down the left sideline, and let's see if our guy can run under and catch it. You can't do that. No, sir. They, he threw two dump offs into the flat that they oh, knew were coming. For fuck's sake, <laughs> man. Gosh, damn it. And my fifth is going to surprise you. I, I was tempted to go Salah on this, but I was going to let you have him. I actually went KOC, Kevin O'Connell. Um, oh, okay. I just, it's it's just not a balanced offense. See? I don't think they have any rushing touchdowns this year. That's garbage. Like, you got to run a balanced attack. They're better than Detroit talent wise, and they're not showing it. So that's my five. We kind of knew that the Vikings were going to regress, though. They weren't as good as they 
they weren't as good. You're as right. They were you're last right. Year. You're, you're right. I mean, but I they just... got exposed by the Giants of all teams. But <laughs> you got to be better. I mean, your quarterback yeah. is lead. Your quarterback's leading the league in touchdown passes. You got to be better. You got to be better than 500 around 500 in that division. You just, just do. Do better, boys. Just, just do better. better. Just do better. I mean, you can't argue with Brandon, Brandon Staley. Like, Brandon Staley, he, he's the man dog in shit, terms of man. mediocrity. He's absolute, absolute dog shit. Right? How many times are they going to let him? How many, Like, Monday night, what's he going to do? What's he going to do that, for the Chargers to lose? Like, I'm not going to go for it on his 40-yard line. You know that. Like, look at Justin Herbert's hand, man. Yeah. Like, they're going nowhere, and they're going yeah. nowhere fast under this guy. Ron Rivera. Like, Ron Rivera is not having a great year either. No. Like they, had t- they had talent on that team before they got rid of their defense. But they got guys. And, you know, Sam Howell, he's he's raw. He's I raw, like Sam. He got, yeah, he's raw. He's like raw. They, they had the makings of something good there. They, they finally seem to have some sort of direction now that Dan Snyder is no longer the owner of the team. But Ron Rivera is not doing himself any favors. I'm with you on KOC. I yeah. think that... You know, it's the, the offense. Yeah, prolific, wonderful. Woo! You know, and yeah, they trashed Mike Zimmer. They couldn't wait to get Mike Zimmer out of Dodge. They went the complete opposite route and the same result. So what, what does that tell you? Maybe it's the players. Maybe it's the players. You know? Well, Jordan Addison's a stud. And, well, they drafted well. Like Jordan Addison, yes, he, def- he definitely was. This season, you got to put Belichick on this list. Oh wow! Okay, you got him on this list uh, just for this season. I'm not saying he's the worst coach ever. I'm not saying you know he is not having a great year. You know, from the front office. No, we're just talking about this year. Yeah, we're just talking about this year. Yeah, for sure. So, and I I want to make that clear before people are like, oh, we're they're bashing Belichick and there's a recency bias. We're talking about this year. Yeah, we're we're talking talking about about recency. Yeah. So, you know, it's a recency bias because we're talking about recent results. He's missing on players. That, that offense connected. is putrid. Putrid. Like, Malik Cunningham got a two-year extension and then got cut two weeks later. <laughs> what like, what the fuck is going on there? What is going on? Eberflus, <laughs> you can't argue it. Lafleur, you can't argue it. And I'm going to throw in another guy as an incomplete. As an incomplete, because I don't know what I don't know what he brings to the table because the team is so talented and so loaded. I don't know what Nick Sirianni brings to the table. I, I don't know. Mm. Like Gannon and Stekin, right? They yeah. prove that they're legit, right? Because the offense is now we'll figure something out till we get to fourth down and then we'll do a tush push. <laughs> Three plays and grab Jalen Hurts' ass. Yeah, I don't three, know. Three, three downs and an oil check. Like, what is Sirianni bringing to the table here? The offense isn't creative. The defense, it's fine. It's not. It's star-studded. Like you can plug in any. I, I could argue you can plug in any coach, and you could probably win with that assemble of talent. Assemble the only talent. thing I'm going to say about Sirianni is that he's like the John Harbaugh coach. Like you notice he, that John Harbaugh's not on the list. No, no, but he—that's who he is. He—he kind of just oversees everything. He doesn't—he doesn't call plays. He's just—he's just the head football coach. Like this is our team, you know. That's so. It's hard to say Sirianni because he got to the Super Bowl last year, and and they're—I mean, what they have one loss. They're doing all right. I mean, he's obviously doing something right. It's not just the players. I mean, he's got them playing at the top of their game, you know, 
So it's it's hard. It, I I I gotta argue with that one. That's a hard one to say. It's hard to say him, and I don't like him, but I mean, it's hard to say. They won with Doug Peterson. Like they that system. They, they did, good. and that was a that was a. I I would argue that that was a less um, talented team. Yeah. I'd argue that that was a less talented team than what he's got right now. So like, let's give let you know Howie Roseman is doing. I would say Howie Roseman is oh, fantastic. Oh, he is. Right? Oh, like yeah. He's, oh, he's yeah. giving him every The A.J. Toy, Brown, right? the A.J. Brown trade. Ridiculous. It's just... Where, where do they find this money? Where do they find these picks? It's amazing. Like, they're doing what less... Making phone calls. You're making phone calls. You're making moves. Kissing so, babies. I mean, you want to throw another guy out there, Sean McVay. Like, Sean, you know, Sean McVay was the hot shit. Um, and now he's just know, an average guy. He's just a guy. I don't know. He, went, he, from, he went from genius and guru to just another guy. That one's a tough one, quickly. too. I don't know. That's a tough one, too, because I do think they're playing well. They're playing well. I think they're playing well. And this guy, Puka, Puka? Puka Nakua, yeah. I mean, come on. He's, I believe he's third in receiving yards. He's top five receiver right now. So that's kind of hard. I think their offense is creative. And they're in it. They're not out. They're in it. Like, and I thought he was going to be a burnout, and this was going to be a lost year. But yeah, but they're competing. This, they're they're this, they're this, competing. The structure is not. It's not based on long term success. Remember, just two no, years no, ago, no. just two seasons ago, or was it last season? They were like, "Oh, is Sean McVay going to retire and go into right TV? last year? Last yeah. year, yeah." So, last like, year. you know, he's not for long. He's not for this league for but long. But he's. I I think they're. I think he's doing well. But I. You could throw his name up there. That's cool, but I mean, there, there's a, there's a lot of bad coaching in the uh, NFL this year, and there's also some bad football, right? I mean, the Bills lost opening night to the, the COVID Jets. The Chiefs lost to the Broncos this past weekend. We all got that wrong. The Dolphins have not beat anyone of consequence. They have a big game tomorrow against the Chiefs. We'll see if that changes. 49ers have lost three straight. We all had. We were all penciling them in for the NFC Championship game. See, I can't remember a year where we were this late in the season and we didn't have a clear-cut Super Bowl contender. What's going on in the NFL? Why Why? Why is there such mediocrity? Why don't we have really a, a, true, a true leader this year? Well, the true leader is the Eagles, and they don't look that good. Right. Right. It's so, like, I'm not going to hang my hat on that. I'm not putting all my money in Vegas on that. No, absolutely not. So it's been, you know, a confluence of events. It started, <laughs> I would argue, the Aaron Rodgers injury set the tone for the season. Mm. How many quarterbacks have gone down? Yeah. How yeah. many How many teams are on their second, third, fourth option under center? How many teams are, like, ravaged by injury? This is just a fluky year, man. Like that's that's the one thing that I can argue is that like the San Francisco 49ers, like that injury bug has kind of infiltrated the entire league. Like, you know, you you spread a cold in an office. <laughs> like, you know, systems are are such that guys are getting injured left and right. And that you know, not having your best players certainly affects the product on the field. And that's what really differentiates the NFL from the other leagues, right? Like that's what makes them better than the USFL. That's what makes them better than the XFL. The caliber of talent is higher. But when these top guys get hurt and they have to sit out, those USFL and XFL guys, I got a shot. 
He got it's 10 insane. teams on their backup quarterback. Right. It's, it's, it's insane. And the Giants, you know, they're going back to Daniel Jones, but they might as well just... You know, they have Matt Barkley. They signed Matt Barkley to the practice squad. Case Keenum is on a roster in Houston. Right? Why? What are we doing here? What, what are we doing? You know, it's... It's a challenge for the depth. Like, kicking has been atrocious this year. Jake Moody, Graham Gano, those are just two examples. Gano is hurt. So now he's Gano on No, I think he's on IR now. He's on IR. He had surgery. So I'm like, <laughs> you know, that, that excuses him a little bit. It's like, dude, I've, I've been kicking on a bad leg for four weeks. Well, why are you kicking on a bad leg, dude? <laughs> but just we need you to nail this 50-yarder since we received the ball in overtime. We're right. <laughs> oh, by the way, you know, it, I, I know it's your plant leg. So, ah, shit, coach. You got this. Yeah, and by the way, we got Randy Bullock. We, we brought it. Speaking of guys who are going to miss kicks, we're going to bring Randy Bullock. What the fuck? What the fuck? Just sign a rookie. Just sign a rookie. Go, go get a soccer another, player. They got another guy on practice squad. No. Do you know what? Go get me Keaton Parks from NYCFC. Go, go get me a soccer player. Go get Just me go, a guy with a lot. Go, go get, get me Matt Freeze. Go get Matt Freeze from NYCFC. That guy's got a leg on him. So... I think it's just a perfect storm of events and you know a lot of guys a lot of teams depth is being challenged and a lot of teams just aren't that good like mm-hmm. who's healthy right now the Dallas Cowboys are healthy mm-hmm. outside of Trayvon Diggs the, Cow- the Dallas Cowboys are healthy they're just not good they're just very mediocre and I think we we have raised the bar we've moved the goalposts to where we consider mediocrity great right and greatness, all-time legendary. Like that prolific Miami Dolphins offense that hung 70 on the Broncos. The Cardinal Spellman Falcons from 2001 could have gone out there on that day and hung 70 on the Denver Broncos. They were that putrid that day. The Broncos are getting better. The Broncos are getting better. They certain, are getting better. With the QB under center, you guys, you guys could have laid 70 on the Broncos that day. They're credit to they credit, there. credit to Sean Payton. They are getting better. And they're actually getting better on defense, which is a big surprise. As to after they unloaded, you know, both their free agent signings. Hmm. Kudos trade to Sean Randy, Payton. Trade, you trade Randy Gregory and look what happens. And hmm. the other thing I want to say about uh the, the Broncos, uh and I don't like Russell Wilson, he's playing very well. And he's probably a top five quarterback right now he's playing exceptionally well it's clicking it's i i can't believe i'm saying it but it he it's showing you what a good coach he is because they're really turning around over there yeah i think they need a running back to really kind of take the pressure off of him because javante williams can't stay healthy oh, so like, again. Maybe, maybe that's a dalvin cook maybe that's a saquon barkley like maybe that's you know maybe that's something to revisit in the off season but the broncos are the broncos are making strides man but as far as why this season is I think it's just a perfect confluence of injuries and us rewarding mediocrity as greatness. And yeah. and now you have that extra playoff seed, so now teams are going to hang in a little bit longer because they still like the Vikings still have a shot. Yeah, it's this whole thing about you know get hot at the right time. That seems to be the seems to be the gimmick that everybody's going with in the NBA and Major League Baseball and football. The trend in sports. But what I'm going to say. Uh, this might be a little far-fetched, but I actually think it has to do with the new rules in, in terms of practicing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I don't think offensive and defensive linemen are getting enough practice in what they need to do. Uh, because you're not allowed to hit as much as you used to, like, five or six years ago. 
And you've got guys coming from college who just haven't been taught how to block in the NFL. And they're really the only time they actually learn or the only time they actually have to put it into motion is in the games. Right? Because in college, look, look at your boy Neil. You know, he's all worldly on Alabama. We're all, you know, I'm on, I have top 10 talent all around me. I've just got to handle my guy. I've just got to handle my gap. And we're going to win the national championship or we're going to go to the national championship. And then you get to the NFL and there's all these different schemes and there's all these different things you have to protect for and blocking as is and zone blocking schemes and being able to slide. You're not only taking on your guy one on, you're taking on JJ Watt one on one. And you haven't, you haven't faced anything like that before because you don't get it in practice and you're not getting it in preseason. You're getting it for the first time in a game. And now after battling J.J. Watt or Jadavian Clowney or Hutchinson from Detroit, now you get hurt, right? Because you're not used to this physical demand and this physical beat-up. Then now you get hurt, and now your backup's in. Now your backup backup's in. And not only do you not know the calls, or you're just not that good. You, you don't you don't particularly belong on an NFL level. So I think a lot of the issues that the NFL is facing right now, and it's a trickle down effect, right? See, because now I have my backup left tackle in or my backup guard, and he's coming full blown at Justin Herbert, and he breaks his finger on his non throwing hand. Right. So I think it's a trickle down effect where you know the the practices have changed. You're not allowed to have that much contact in a week. Um, and that's making, I, I don't want to say it's making them softer, but it's its not preparing them for what they have to do on Sunday. And when they have to go in on Sunday and play, and you're going up against elite defensive players, you're getting hurt. You're not capable of doing what you're asked to do because this is the first time you've been doing it. And, and I think that's leading to people getting hurt behind you, and that's getting hurt to, to, to just terrible football. Um and the so other let, thing, let me just pose this to you yeah. real quick before you move on to your second point. I know that. So, how much do you want to say that that the NCAA, the college football, is ruining this? Because their their job is to prepare the, these players for the NFL. Now, are they doing a disservice at the collegiate level in preparing them for their future? Because then you have a guy like Lincoln Riley who runs a spread offense. Yeah. Are they necessarily preparing an offensive lineman for the NFL? You know, UFC linemen are going to get taken, and then they're going to get exposed. Nick Saban runs a relatively, you know, he runs close to an NFL system. Yeah. And they're still getting exposed. So is the NCAA to blame in some regards? In some regards, maybe. But I think it. I think the, you have to understand. I don't think Lincoln Riley thinks it's his job to prepare players for the NFL. I think what he thinks his job is is to win a national title for USC. Now, Nick Saban might think of it a little differently. Uh, he might think of it in odds of like, I'm preparing my team to be the best team in college football and my players are going to go on to do very well in the NFL. I think, and we also saw this, right? We saw this with, with, with people coming into the NFL, like a Matt rule or the name escapes me by now, but the guy who was coaching in Arizona prior to this year, where they kind of try to run that spread offense. They try to do what they were doing in, in college because they think that their players are more prepared for that than we are for 46 gap or that we are for, you know, having a fullback. There's no fullbacks in the league right now. I only think like three or four teams have a fullback, but you run that I formation, I power, right, thunder, right. Like nobody's running that now 
where that was my that's my staple my guys are bigger and stronger than your guys we're running to the right side with elite power stop us right that was the redskins in the late 80s early 90s we're running we're running the um what what is it there we're running twist we're uh trap we're running the trap with our hogs come at us stop us that that you just you can't do it anymore you just can't do it anymore so i would say it's probably a 70 percent of it is that but the other 30 percent is is like guys just getting hurt like there's i don't know what more the nfl has to do to protect quarterbacks i mean there's all these rules to protect quarterbacks and look at all the guys that are fucking hurt like i don't listen i've i've hurt my finger on my throwing hand right but so you have you have Justin Fields who dislocated his thumb. Dude, he ain't gonna be able to grip a ball for the rest of the fucking season. Like, he could put a glove on. It's not the same. They're gonna shoot it before the game. It ain't the same. Uh, Stafford, UCL, that hurts. That hurts. Every time you throw, it hurts. Justin Herbert's wearing a 4X glove with a splint. It hurts. And it makes you think about the tremendous pain you're going to be in after you let it go, if you're going to hit the ground. And you can see when he hits the ground, he tries to keep it up. I've had to do the same thing because that's the worst, right? It's the worst when it hits the ground. Oh, my. You see stars. Stars. It could be I chipped a bone in my finger. I just chipped it, and I saw stars whenever it got touched. Stop. I can imagine if it were a fracture would feel like. And think and about you get, it. They're, coming, they're going to be coming east in the winter, in December. If that thing's still busted? Oh, it's still busted. It's not going to get better. It needs rest. It needs rest to get better. It's not going to get better. And even when it's better, it's still going to be sensitive. You're going to see the fucking Milky Way. You're not going to see stars. Oh, man. It hurts. And it affects you because you think about it. Like, yeah, it's... it's You cannot put that pain out of your mind. Like, you think about it, dude. And then you got even even Josh Allen. His, his shoulder's hurt. He's not on the injury report. His shoulder's hurt. We know it's hurt. The only thing I could say, and I don't know, I mean, I think McDaniel's down in Miami, he's doing a great job this year of getting the ball out of Tua's hands quick. I think they average the least amount of time in the pot release where it's 2.4 seconds. So in 2.4 seconds, Tua's getting rid of the ball on average. And that keeps him out of trouble. That keeps him from getting hurt. It also helps that he is like two of the fastest wide receivers in the league on his team. True. But that's the answer, you know, and I, I, I applaud him for his creativity and I applaud him for keeping to us healthy because I think we all thought that by now he would be in concussion protocol and we'd be talking about whether he's going to be able to hack it in the NFL or not. That train's running late this year. To his injury train is running late. Well, it's just because of the, and they, they have the, the most high powered offense in the league. So I think you're onto something here as far as the restrictions on training, the restrictions on practice. Yeah. I think it, it goes back to not having two a day yep. and For not sure. having walkthroughs, not having padded practice. Padded practices and, yeah. and hitting. They've taken hitting out of practice. The linemen don't hit. They can't hit every day. I think they're allowed to hit once or twice a week. That's it. And then I think when you get later in the season, you can't hit at all. You're not even wearing pads anymore. Right. So that definitely, it's definitely not preparing linemen. Now for a veteran, now for a veteran line, like the Eagles, it's fine because they know their job. Blaine Johnson, Kelsey, those guys know 
They know. They've been around long enough. But come on, for an offensive line like the Cardinals, no. for an offensive line like the Falcons, for the for the Panthers who got a rookie quarterback, like right. for the Jet, for the Jets who get ravaged by injuries in one game, you're down to a tackle who has to move into play center, and he actually did an admirable, did a job. damn good job, damn good job, damn good job, damn good job. That's so, the hardest. That's a hard job. That's a hard move to make, man. Hard in the middle not. of the game, trying to learn the protection. It's not like you're moving guard to center, man. You're fucking moving from tackle. Yeah. So that's, that is, it's amazing. But I think the NFL, I, I think you're onto something. I think we really need to revisit what a practice schedule looks like. Now, I'm not saying, you know, 100 degree heat, two a days, run them till they puke, all that stuff. I'm not saying you go back to the, what the air quote barbaric days of training camp. I'm not saying that. But you do need to put in some padded time. You do need to put some physicality back into this game. It's a physical game. People get hurt. But you're not going to diminish injuries. You're not going to eliminate injuries by preventing, you know, preventing them from hitting each other. Like that's you're asking somebody to do something that they're not prepared to do. And at the end of the day, Everybody else is suffering. It's that ripple effect from that one decision. And ultimately, the product is suffering. And it's not going to get better anytime soon. Just more people are going to get hurt. Are you in need of air care, maintenance, or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. Bullshit or no shit, we're going to debate this week's most controversial sports topics right now. All right, boys and girls, we have a statement. And it's either bullshit or it's no shit. Bullshit or no shit. Number one, Corey Seager is the best player in Major League Baseball. <sighs> okay, so I'm going to go bullshit on this only because I think Otani is the best player in Major League Baseball. And that's only because he can go both ways. So I'm going to say bullshit, but damn, Corey Seager is damn good. He is damn good. And a lot of teams missed on adding them to adding him to their roster. So I'm going bullshit as well. Otani is there. Acuna is there. Judge is there. You have players at the top of the list that I would name before. I Ooh, I don't know if he's better season. than Judge. Ooh, I don't know if he's better than Judge. He's. He, I don't. I don't think. I don't. I. I think he's a different player. He's a different player. Like I think a more all-around player. I, I think. think I think. I'm, I'm going to say. I'm going to say. I think Corey Seager is better than Judge. I don't think he's better than Acuna, but he's definitely better than Judge. I take Corey Seager over Judge, hundred percent. 
So you're looking he's close to a career three hundred hitter. You're looking at you're looking at a career two ninety two hitter, hundred and seventy homers, so that's not his game, right? It's different. Judge, Judge is a different player. He's a slugger. Now, Seeger is a good complementary player to a team, right? Without these other guys around him, I don't necessarily know that Seeger is up on that level because you can pitch around him, right? That lineup, the lineup makes the man. And much like with the Dodgers, right? When he was with the Dodgers, you had, oh shit, Max Muncy. Oh shit, Mookie Betts. Oh shit. There's a lot of guys in that order. Same here. Right? Adolis Garcia. That was a that was big. You know? That that's a huge weight off of your off of your chest when you're able to kind of understand your role and play your role because you have other guys around you that are also equatorially hot right you're just keeping the line if you have to be the guy I'm not so sure that Corey Seager can be the guy he's a very good player right we've seen Otani carry a team we've seen Bryce Harper carry a team we've seen Aaron Judge carry a team Seager's never had to. He went 6-for-21 in the World Series. Three homers, a double, three walks, six ribbies, and six runs scored. Good. Very good. Very good. I don't necessarily think he's on the level of those other guys. Bullshit or no shit. Number two, the Minnesota Vikings will make the playoffs this season. Ah. That's a tough one. I am going to. The NFC is just such trash. I'm gonna say no shit. I think they make the playoffs. I do. Ooh, interesting. Even though they're with Jaron Hall this week and maybe Nick Mullins or Joshua Dobbs. Yes, I do. I think I think they get it done. I think it's gonna. Uh, I I know you're saying Nick Mullins, but I think they brought Josh Dobbs there to be the guy. I think it's gonna take him three weeks to get the offense down. And then he's going to be ripping it. They're going to be the wild card over Green Bay. Oh, yeah. Green Bay's done. <laughs> two, and, two and five, they're questioning whether or not Jordan Love is the guy. So they they're, the wild, they're the wild card team. They're the wild card team. Everything else is pretty much settled, right? I mean, we'd agree so, that Dallas and Philly are going to come out the east. Dallas, um, Philly, Seattle, San Francisco, Detroit. Right? Oh, you think uh, Seattle? I don't know about Seattle. Seattle's five and two. So. Yeah. And they're healthy. But they got to play San Francisco twice. Which isn't looking that bad right now. Mm. San Francisco's not looking great. Like, they're, mm. they're hitting their midseason rut. Now, if they, can, <laughs> if they can come back, if they can get out of this and finish the season strong, you just got to... The NFL playoffs are turning into the NBA, turning yep. into the NHL, turning into Major League Baseball. If you're hot and you're healthy, you can go a long way. So... I'm going to go bullshit. I'm going to go bullshit. The Vikings are one of many. You know, you got the Rams there at three and five. You got the Saints. If the Saints can ever figure out what the fuck they're doing, they, they, they have the talent to make it work. Funny how they kind of went south when Alvin Kamara got back. It's weird. Yeah, because they keep giving him the fucking football. Throw, throw the ball to other people. <laughs> there are other people on this damn team. Can you throw the ball other? <laughs> Stop thinking and dunking. And throw the ball to Chris Olave. He's running down the field wide open. Who happens to be on your fantasy team. Yes. <laughs> Even, you know, if, if the commies can get right, there's three and five. They're still in this. 
the Bucks. The Bucks, if they can figure out what they're doing, they're still in it. You still have some guys. You still have some teams that can bubble up and fight for that spot. The Vikings, with their injury problem, that, that's an issue, right? They, they had Jefferson down. Now they have Cousins down. That defense isn't that great. There's no running game. Madison is eh. Eh. He's no Dalvin Cook, and he's proving that. I don't know if they have what it takes. I, I just don't think that they have it. And maybe they have something with Jaron Hall, and they don't go to Nick Mullins. I don't know. But the perfect storm last year with Brock Purdy, the rookie quarterback coming in and all that, you need a lot of things breaking right for you. You need that wall in front of the quarterback. Can the offensive line provide that? I don't know. Don't think so. So, as of right now, I got to say that the NFC West is going to get three playoff teams in. I think that the Rams are going to hold it together long enough to make the playoff. And then once they get in, all bets are off. But the Vikings, it just it isn't there. You know, they were a paper tiger last year, and they're, they're more this year what they projected to be last year. But they got out early, and they beat a lot of teams by one point, two points. It broke their way last year. It's not breaking their way this year. See you next year. Your favorite podcast has its own merch line now. Go to the Fade Store with DNZ.com today for all your Fade Route merch needs. I'm talking tank tops, t-shirts, sweatshirts, like yoga pants, we got those too. Like some cool accessories, we got those too. And we're not done yet. We have so much more planned for you, but check out what we have today at the Fade Store with DNZ.com. That's the Fade Store with DNZ.com. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. Here's how it goes. You put up a poll on our X account at FadeRoutDNZ, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote. And the winner of said vote gets a shout-out on this here show and the coveted ass trophy and do you know who took home the coveted ass trophy last week i don't that would be the philadelphia philly yeah well deserved well deserved but that was last week this is this week who are your alleged superstar nominees d nice job putting up the poll by the way clever oh, yeah. to get up <laughs> yep right there. number one rob manfred Commissioner, Major League Baseball, the World Series viewership has been sliding down since you have taken over the league. Do your job, Rob. Do your job. Rob Manfred, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Number two, James Harden, or the system. You forced your way to another team, and you recently called yourself the system in a press conference. Dude, just play basketball. Just run the offense. Get everybody involved. Just just play basketball. James Harden, you're the alleged superstar of the week. And number three, the New York 
Jets. Dropping rumors that you called the Raiders about Devontae Adams is childish. Making it look like you were going to spend the money Aaron Rodgers gave back to you on a wide receiver. Dropping this info to beat reporters. How about trading for Josh Dobbs so that your team could actually throw the ball downfield into the right colored team? How about signing Colt McCoy or Cam Newton, guys that run in the right direction? Someone who can get you to where you're trying to go. Or how about trading for offensive linemen since you lost three centers? Jeez. New York Jets, you're my alleged superstars of the week. What do you got, Z? I'm starting with the New York Giants. How, 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 how do you? How the mighty have fallen. (laughs) Well, they weren't that mighty. They haven't been that mighty lately. They haven't been mighty since Eli Manning left. Leading the whole, winning the whole game. You you were winning the whole game. All you had to do was close it out on the ground. You were gashing the Jets. You were down to your third string quarterback. If you don't believe that he can throw the ball, do not throw the ball. What are you doing? I'm going to give Graham Gano a pass because apparently he's hurt. Clearly he's hurt. He got surgery. Why the fuck is he out there? Why is he out there? And then in overtime, in overtime, pinned in your end, let me throw some swing passes out to the flat. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Break. And then, wink. Dude, are you running a Tampa 2? Are you running a prevent defense at that point? The field is wide open. The middle of the field is wide fucking open. What are you doing? The Jets surgically marched down the field, and Zach Wilson looked like fucking Joe Montana. Never mind Aaron Rodgers. You managed to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. New York Giants, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Big Ten coaches on a conference call with Michigan regarding the Connor Stallion situation. He has since resigned, but allowing Coach Harbaugh to get off the line and then shit talk him behind his back, that's some middle school shit right there. That's some mean girls shit. If you're going to say it, if you're going to say it, on Wednesdays we wear pink. If we're going to, if you're going to say it, say it, man. Say it with Coach Khaki on the call. Do it. Right? You got, you know, football coaches like to tout how macho they are and how tough they are. Well, prove it. Do it when he's on the do it when he's on the phone. Absolutely do it when he's on the phone. Big Ten coaches, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And then last but not least. Major League Baseball. Great World Series. Wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. But mm, absolutely no juice. No juice. I, I don't know what to do about this. I really don't know what to do about this. 
the opener strategy with Tori Lovello. The only thing that was good was that the Ghost Runner was not there, right? And how is that possible? How is that happening? The Ghost Runner's there all the way until it's not. I, I'm I'm confused. I'm befuddled. My B is fuddled. If you're gonna do it, do it the whole way through, or don't do it at all. The product is declining. The revenues are through the roof, right? Follow the money. Rob Manfred is never going to be, you know, held to account when the books look good. But Major League Baseball has a problem with its product. It's on the steady decline. Major League Baseball, you are my alleged superstar of the week. I think we've said our piece. Go to our X account at FadeRoutDNZ and vote and vote and vote and vote and for our nominee. Just do better, boys. Just do better. This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in. Catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. So until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go route. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.